Welcome, everyone, to the You're Still Out Golf Podcast, part of the Sports Pros Network, where we're always talking sports, so let's start the conversation. I'm your host, Keith Needham, and I'm joined here in studio by my partner and resident golf sicko, Mr. Jonathan Till. Jonathan Till, we got a very special guest joining us via Zoom. Been a long time since we talked to him, but uh, welcome back to the podcast, Mr. Cameron Jordan. Cam, how you doing, bud? I'm doing pretty well. How are you guys? Doing well, doing well. Glad to talk to you here on a Monday afternoon. Weather's good in Oklahoma. Hopefully, uh, you got to play some golf, and we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about a recent career change for you, Cam. So we're gonna get on into that good stuff. But uh, before we get to that, Mr. Teal, how you doing this afternoon? I'm doing great. Doing great. I'm still just absolutely amped from the U.S. Amateur. I know we're gonna get into some stuff. other things. Uh, leading with the, the playoffs and whatnot, but uh, doing great. Excited to get a, get a nice full agenda. Could, could be Megapod status before That's it's right. all over. You're, you're brimming with confidence and pride, you know, from, from some stuff that took place this weekend as well. And we'll get to that a little bit later on in the pod. I too, Till, am brimming with confidence and pride because I just spent the afternoon at our favorite sports bar, Chalk Luxury Sports Bar, watching my beloved Manchester United vanquish soccer talk might vanquish be the Scousers from Liverpool 2-1. It's been a long time coming. I think uh, four and a half years since the last time United beat them. So feeling pretty good about myself really? right now. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. It's that's a, that's been a wild. Rough, been a rough go. So yeah, you said you're going to be in a bad mood after that. I just that. assumed that it would go as scripted, and uh, sometimes it's why you play the games, man. Sometimes there are upsets, but of course, our favorite sports bar, Chuck Luxury Sports Bar, right, 1324 West Memorial Road, there in Chisholm Creek Plaza. Follow them on the web at chalkokc.com or follow them on Twitter and Instagram at chalkokc. The English footy is up. College football right around the corner. NFL a week after that. Man, best time of the year for sports, kind of coming into September and October. Always the favorite. That is Chalk Luxury Sports Bar. Uh, a lot of golf to talk about. But before we get into that, let's talk to our man Cam here. So, so Cam, obviously, uh, you know, what he alluded to it in the intro there. Recent uh, uh, change, if you will, moving over to golf week. But talk to us a little bit about that, bud, kind of the background. Obviously, you covered a ton of high school sports and golf in particular here in Oklahoma. But we love these local boy does good stories, my man. So, so talk to us about moving up to the big time, brother. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. Um, you know, about uh, last April, May, or last April, May, earlier uh, this year in April and May, I uh, heard about this job opportunity and decided to look into it. Um, it was kind of nice because I got to stay within the same overall company, although I don't work for the Oklahoma and I still work for kind of the USA Today Network. Okay. Um, just obviously moving up to Golf Week, which is one of the highest properties that USA Today owns, pretty much one of the highest outside of just USA Today itself. Um, loved my three and a half years covering high school sports. In fact, I'm, I'm ultra giddy this week just because high school football starts back up. So I'm right. still a really big high school football fan and uh, have, may or may not be somewhat planning just places to go and, and just watch this year. It's going to be nice to kind of watch and enjoy it and not have to stress about taking stats and writing stories off of it. But uh, um, this opportunity kind of came up, did a couple of interviews and um, actually had a really unique opportunity in the PGA Championship. I was up there every day from Tuesday on uh, for – 12, 13, 14 hours a day covering and writing. Uh, a lot of the golf week folks were there too. And so I got to kind of got to work hand in hand with a lot of people who I'm coworkers with now. And um, I just kind of took that week as an opportunity. You know, I thought if I did really well that week and just was myself and wrote good stories, helped them out how I could and, and did stuff like that, it, it couldn't hurt me just because I was in the middle of that. It was, that was in between my interviews. And so uh, that week went really well and uh, started this job almost two months ago now at the beginning of July. And 
hit the ground running, have learned a ton. Um, it's been a blast ever since. And really, I mean, you guys know this because you are golf nerds as well. What a time to get into covering golf. <laughs> it's not like there's a shortage of anything to talk about right now. Yeah, no. it's not, not as if there hadn't been anything going on this summer, right? No, dude, <laughs> Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays are just as eventful as Thursdays through Sundays right now. Um, which kind of, I wanted to ask you, as soon as I saw you were leaving for golf week, like what pops into my head and, and maybe some other folks' heads that... Um, you know, follow the game of golf and, and golf journalism. You know, I'm envisioning you going from town to town, you know, following the tour you know, at all the events, sticking, you know, microphones and players' faces. Sounds like the, the day-to-day, week-to-week maybe is a little bit different than what most folks would assume, even though you're highly, highly uh, engaged in the writing for Golf Week. So give us a little bit of a peek behind the curtain uh, on what you're doing for Golf Week and, and kind of how that works out logistically. Yeah, so my official title um, is kind of like a senior editor for on the magazine side, which we still produce a quarterly magazine. And then as far as the digital side goes, I'm a digital producer and a staff writer. So uh, week to week, I have some shifts where um, I'm I'm kind of sitting. I mean, I work prim- primarily from home unless I'm traveling to a tournament, which here soon I'm going to get to start. Um, there's, it's looking like I'm going to go to the Sanderson Farms Championship down in Mississippi next month, probably going to go to the Houston Open in November. Um, and then I'm going to, I'm actually our lead college and amateur golf writer too. And so starting here, I wasn't at the U S amateur this past week, but starting here and in the future, almost every big college event or amateur event I'm going to, I'm going to be at, and I'm thrilled about that. Nice. Um, That's absolutely awesome. really excited to get to do that. Um, but yeah, so when I'm at home, we're watching for any big trending things that are happening or anything crazy that happens. Uh, for example, this past weekend when, Jordan Speed sits there and has a minute and a half conversation with Michael Greller, and he's t- trying to talk him out of the shot, and he ends up hitting the shot right where Greller said he was going to hit it. So that's a little fun clip. You post a story about that because people love Jordan Speed. They love reading about Jordan Speed. So little things like that. We do stories about tee times, about the money that players win, turning topics. We have some senior riders who go out to events and cover stuff. Uh, but as far as PGA events, I'll get to go cover a few throughout the year and kind of be on the ground and leading the charge from there. Uh, but a lot of times it's sitting at home doing some of the behind the work scenes, which is still fun. Um, especially when you have weekends like the past two years split screen in it with the PJ tour event on one screen oh, yeah. with USAM us women's am on the other screen. Uh, and heck you even have to, I mean now too, to having to pay attention to what's going on in, in, in the live golf, because it's such a big topic and people are reading so much about it. So we, we have to cover it. I mean, it's not that we don't want to, or not that people's opinions, whatever it is, people are reading about it. And so, we cover it because it's still, it's, it's still a big thing. Big story. Um, it, it's a big story. So we cover that, but no, it's a, it's a really fun gig. It's completely different from what I was used to doing. Um, I'm actually working a little bit less now than I was for the, for the Oklahoma and doing high school sports stuff. Um, but I'm getting to kind of focus more on just the golf game instead of having to direct so much attention to some other stuff. So I've learned a ton am learning a ton. But the day-to-day stuff, it can be pretty busy. Today was actually a little bit of a slower day, uh, but tournament days are always busy. And then, like you said, with all the breaking news that seems to be happening recently, it's never a shortage of, okay, it's not if, but when is the next news story going to come out? Well, we'll try not to let this run too long so that you don't have to hang up and go write another living golf story, <laughs> like, which while, could while very much happen. <laughs> Something's uh, taking place. I, I have one more shot. I wouldn't plan on asking this, but one more shop talk question for you before we get into the, the weekend of golf. Um so when you're writing kind of a gamer kind of thing, do you, I was shocked how quickly you got it out after 
the speaking to the USAM that you got that out after the USAM was over. So do you, are you writing that like as you're watching it and then like, well, I might use this or I might not use this and having to edit. How does that work? That, I mean, it literally just hit me last night. You know, we set this up, you coming on about a week ago, but seeing that story come out so quick, I'm like, how did he do that? Like it just ended. Yeah. You know, a lot of times we, we try to pre-write stuff. And in the case of the, uh, the BMW event yesterday, I was on the USAM, but in the BMW yesterday, at one point, our main writer had two separate stories. He had a Scott Stallings angle story and a Patrick Cantlay story because at the end of the, who knows what's going to happen. Obviously Patrick ends up winning. We use that story and can expand on it later. But yeah, we always want to try to get a story out there early because if people can't watch it, then they, we want to make sure that we're informing them of what happened as quickly as possible. So just try to have very basic couple hundred to 300 words on what happened. And we can always expand on it later when we get quotes or when there's other stats that come in. But the USGA is fantastic about sending out um, notes and stats and info, and I get those daily after every round. And so I had a bunch of little nuggets to go off of. Then I've been watching the coverage since it was live and had been following along even before that. And so it's just kind of writing about the match and following along with it during the week. So I had a couple little storylines. And as we know, Sam Bennett had kind of talked his talk all week. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He had kind of talked it. So kind of gave me a little bit of an angle there. So really, yeah, just writing as it goes along. And then as soon as it's done, filling in a couple of the small details, like the final victory, um, a couple of the small details. He's the first winner from Texas since 2011, Kelly Craft, and little stuff like that. So, um, yeah, and then we, we publish it. Some One of my editors is sitting there back reading it as we go. Um, and then I can add to it as as, uh, as quotes come out or as we, I get more information from the USGA. So, yeah, just kind of be in there and trying to have something up as quick as possible. And, again, even if it's short, get something up on the website. We can always update that later so people can, if they want to come back, they'll come back and read it. Um, but they can also have something right away as soon as it's done. Well, that's, that's a great, great uh, segue there. So, but speaking of the, the website itself, though, for those of you who want to go out and see what Cam's writing about, what he's tweeting about, you know, kind of what's going on, the digital content side of it, go to golfweek.usatoday.com uh, slash author, and you'll find Cam there. And uh, you can find all the stuff that he's tweeting about, writing about, talking about. And then obviously you can follow him on Twitter at Cam underscore Jordan, and that's J-O-U-R-D-A-N. So be sure to get out there, give him a follow get on golfweek.usatoday.com and uh, check out some of his content there as well but you know you mentioned bmw right uh patrick cantlay uh, do we want to start there do we want to start usam till where do you want to go with this well, man? So, just, a couple of big events this we week. can start with the uh the bmw since we not only had some some gamer action out there but also had a, a big meeting that took place uh, Ooh, in the lead right. up to right. the to the bmw so, lovely yeah, delaware our first state till i don't know if you knew that or not I did know that. I okay. did know that that was the, the, from the Delaware quarters. State. That was the quarters uh, from a few years ago, yeah, right? The back of the quarter. Nickname. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I did know that. All, at the same time, I heard it was a lot of people's first time in Delaware. Yeah, yeah, I believe it. Wilmington, not, lovely. Not lovely. a place that a lot of folks uh, get to. But I got to start with what a bounce Cantley got on that 17th hole. I mean, that ball was headed. It was a lucky break. Yeah. That was headed foul, very foul. And it got not one, but two amazing bounces. Now, he capitalized on it, right? He got... Um, got a birdie on 17, gave him a cushion going into the 18th hole. But I feel like uh, you've been you've been kind of riding the Cantlay train here uh, this summer, and um, people have not realized how great he's been playing. It seems like we only focus on the winner, but he got to the winner circle and then was the first ever player to go back-to-back playoff events. Yeah, I was surprised by that uh, stat itself. You know, it's one thing no one's ever defended the the – 
the tour championship itself so far as I know, right? The right. FedEx Cup overall championship. But I was kind of surprised to see that stat as well. But yeah, Cantlay, again, one of those guys that for whatever reason seems to to, to go maybe under the radar a little bit. And he had a comfortable pairing for pretty much the whole week, right? So paired with good buddy Xander Shoffley. And so uh, that that worked out really well for him. Obviously, those two guys paired up together to uh, to win down in New Orleans earlier this year. Um, and, and so, you know, comfortable pairing, played well. And uh, you mentioned it, though, uh, definitely a luck, lucky break there on 17 for sure. And then it ended up being the difference, right? So he ends up winning yep. uh, by one stroke over the aforementioned Scott Stallings, who we'll get to him a little bit here in a moment as well. That dude's yoked, man. He's kind of a unit, man. That, that's a yeah. big, large, large man. So One of the not, most yeah. fit dudes on the PGA I'm not, not, not going to piss that guy off uh, for <laughs> sure. But yeah, Cantlay, uh, again, seems to be coming on at the right time there. And, and he's I'm going to go ahead and foreshadow it now, you know, He's going to be my pick to win the tour championship next week. So, so I, I think he's grooving. He's in the uh, the right headspace. He'll be slightly behind uh, Scotty Scheffler, and we'll get to those standings here a little bit later on. But uh, yeah, man, he's playing well. He's playing well for sure. Uh, Cam, your thoughts on on Pat Cantlay and uh, uh, kind of the overall event this weekend at the BMW? You know, like you said, he he kind of flies under the radar, and I think one of the big reasons why is he's not terribly flashy. You know, he doesn't. He's not very vocal. He just kind of goes about his business. He, he see ball, hit ball. I mean, honestly, boring golf. But when he's locked in, he's one of the best putters on tour. He finds fairways. He finds greens. He, he goes at the flag. Um, I mean, look no further than what he did Saturday when he vaulted up the leaderboard, when he hit, when he hit hold out for Eagle on the 14th hole, that par five. I mean, when he's locked in, he's throwing, he's throwing really difficult shots into really difficult pin locations and is able to capitalize almost every time. And and like you said, something about these bigger events. Now, you know, he's one of the best golfers who hasn't won a major yet, but something about these bigger events in recent years, um, he just seems to find his way to the top of the leaderboard. And he's put himself in a great position going into the next week where he is the defending champion uh, to kind of, to try to come back and, and win yet another tour championship and to win another FedEx cup. So it's, uh, he really set himself up really well. And like you said, he's kind of been around the last few weeks and finally was able to put it all together. Uh, Sixty five on Saturday. It was a real, real. Yeah, good nobody's going back to back at the Tour Championship, but there's been there's been at least a couple guys who have won more than one FedEx Cup, right? Ty, Tiger, I mean, surely Tiger. Tiger Woods and Roy McIlroy are the two that have won have won up two. Yeah, not back to back, but have won it. Yeah, have won it twice. Yeah, won and it so twice, he would become the third person to do that, and the, the first, first person to go back to back Tour Championship. Um, yeah, he. You're right. He's kind of, um, kind of boring is a good way to put it. He doesn't kind of have a lot of flash. Um, although when he gets in the, I mean, you probably know this even more than us now. The kind of being on the on the journo side of things, he seems to be pretty thoughtful when he gets in the press room. He kind of starts to open up a little bit more than he, out there on the. He just looks like a robot out on the golf course. But when he he gets behind the mic, he seems to have a little bit more thoughtful personality um so i i don't know i wouldn't say i'm a cantley fan not a cantley hater he just kind of kind of down the middle uh, as, as he is on the golf course now you said something about him starting a couple strokes behind scotty scheffler who goes into the play uh the true championship is number the, one the staggered you know scoring right yep. i'm sure you guys caught this he would have gone in first and been two strokes ahead of scheffler if his very good friend Xander had not missed that final putt that Xander had. I don't know. That was a birdie putt or a, um, I guess it was a birdie putt. That would have put him in solo third and would have the way all the math worked out would have bumped Cantlay 
into the first place spot. So that a, that's a four-shot swing in the Tour Championship. You think Xander's aware of that? He's probably aware of it now. I don't know if he was aware of it in the moment. It's like, yeah, dude, I owe you a beer. Sorry about I'm, that. I'm sure he's very aware of it at this point. <laughs> I'm sure he was aware of it probably it 10 minutes after the event ended. Um Kind of, kind of, kind of wild. Which kind of is a good segue to the whole like the net, you know, the net net tour championship that we have. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, tour championship uh, goes in in terms of that last, uh, the final thirty in the FedEx Cup rankings, and it is um, basically the player in first place goes in at ten under par. Player at second goes in and what eight, eight under, under par, par third is seven under so six, on and five, so four, forth. Yeah. So uh, interesting way. I'm sure there's a lot of conversation we could have about that. But um, yep, that final putt by Xander cost Pat Cantley going in as number one. Who else finished top ten? Let's just kind of go through that um, top ten in the FedEx Cup. Do we have that up? I can bring it up. All right, have it up here. Scotty Scheffler, one. Pat Cantlay, two. William Zalatoris. We'll get to him here in a moment. Bad back and all. Number three, Xander Shoffley, four. Sam Burns, five. Cam Smith, he's been in the news uh, at number <laughs> six. Roy McElroy, Tony Finau, Sepp Straka, and then Sungjae. Uh, your guy, Sungjae. Sepp Straka, probably the, maybe the, the eyebrow raiser there at number nine. It's like, whoa, man. Well, the points are juiced during the, the playoffs. Yep. And so by virtue of his second place finish, in the FedEx St. Jude Championship, um, that rocketed him up the FedEx Cup standings and it's got him in the top 10. Uh, yeah, so Scheffler goes in at 10 under, Cantlay at 8 under. I think Zalatoris and Xander, are they both at 6? And then there's like a group at 4 under? I think it's Zalatoris 7, Xander 6, okay. and then 5 through 10 or 5 through 9, I think is at 4 under, something like that. There's a grouping there to where they all get the same score. And then obviously 30th place all the way down at the bottom. Uh, and that would be... I believe that is... Um, is Aaron it? Wise? Aaron Wise, I believe. Oh, yeah, Wise. that's right. So he's starting off even par, along with a few of the other guys down there towards so the bottom. So he's 10 back going be, into the... It'd be tough to bet on those guys to win it, but uh, who knows? Anything can happen uh, for sure. But, uh, you know, what, what else What else jumps in? You want to talk about Willie Z, your guy? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Cam, I got to ask, you got any, you got any uh, inside information you can give us? What's the story on, on Willie's back injury? What, what are we hearing? Nothing crazy. You know, I, I would expect him to play this week. I haven't heard anything otherwise. Um, and even if he were to withdraw, I would think that that would not come until probably Thursday, um, especially with the position he's in. I mean, he's he's got a chance to, I mean, to win $18 million this week, if you were to find a way to win, is just, that's a life-changing amount of money. I mean, that's, it's, you submit yourself in the history of the PGA Tour, you second year in, you're winning the FedEx Cup. I mean, it would just be a tremendous, tremendous end to a season. I don't, I don't know if it's a bad, I don't know if it just kind of worked up. I mean, kind of a grind stretch to end the season. I know he had played a couple of times after the open championship as well. Um, coming off of a really stressful long week and then um, just kind of getting back into the groove, even though you're not taking any time off, having to rewind and reset to go into the BMW uh, may have been kind of hard. So I don't know if he just maybe a little bit overworked himself or anything, but I would expect him to play this week. I haven't heard anything otherwise. Um, and if he continues playing like he has, he's, I mean, obviously being as high as you on the leaderboard, he's got a chance to win this thing as long as he's healthy um, and good to go. And I don't think he would play or risk anything if he wasn't healthy and good to go. You know, you got the president's cup coming up in the month. So I don't think that anything crazy is going to happen uh, or he's going to do anything to risk long-term injury. Um, so I would expect him to be in the field this week if he can go and if he can play. And that's 
that's what I've heard up to this point. We've we've given a few guys kind of a kind of a raw time about teeing it up and then withdrawing on the first hole, you know, to, to cash that check. I'm not sure how it works in the tour championship. Maybe he, maybe he maybe he gets yeah. the bag. Even if he doesn't show up for the first tee and has to withdraw before, but uh, something we'll 30th, definitely be keeping an eye on. Yeah, thirtieth place is guaranteed five hundred thousand dollars. So no matter what, he's walking away with a decent payday. Yeah, even I, if he I'm going to say he probably show up for that. Gives yeah. it a go. Gives I'll show it a go. Up for that. Now, again, guys that questionable to show up. Curious to see what happens with Cam Smith. He was a withdrawal going I mean, into. People might be a little more dubious about his supposed injury as opposed to uh, Young Zalatoris, right? Yeah, I'm I'm fascinated to see if he shows up for the Tour Championship. I don't know if, and we're going to get to um, this players-only secret meeting. I guess it wasn't that secret, but uh, that happened here in a few minutes. But I could see maybe if you know he's one of the top twenty guys, and those guys were supposed to be at this meeting. He didn't want to be in the in the sphere of that, and maybe he will show up to East Lake, but. I don't know. I think that uh, he'd be hard-pressed to do it, even though he's in great position. I mean, he's in sixth, meaning I think he's going to start like four back. Yeah, and, a, and a guy that makes birdies in bunches, so he is not out of it by Could any make that up yeah. in, uh, in a hurry. What are we hearing there, Jordo? What, is, he, uh, is he just gone? I, it, it was one of the weirdest things when he withdrew because, um, you know, it's just it just came at such a strange time. Um it was uh, just a – it's weird, you know, because of all the stuff that's floating around. And then you had the penalty in Memphis before the fourth round and just so many little things. There's still rumors floating around. I mean, that that's going to be circulating until we hear news or not, which should come in about a week's time. Um, again, he's one of those guys. He's playing so well right now. Although he is a, f- a, f- a few more strokes back than Will is, I would expect him to play. Um, I would think it's very strange if he doesn't play. If he doesn't, I think there's more of a little bit red flag that's going up just because of everything that's going on. Um, but, I mean, even he, he's been very consistent. His goal is to win the FedEx Cup. He's, he still has a chance to do that. He's got a lot better chance than those guys that are kind of 20 and down on the, and on oh, the yeah. board. Yeah. He can make um, so up that four strokes over the first couple of days, yeah. many birdies yeah. he makes. Yeah, and, and you have to think, he's been – I mean, he announced his withdrawal from the BMW a week ago today, so it was really early. Um, so if he's, if he's been rehabbing and doing all the stuff he needs to do, I would expect that kind of taking a week off. So what, he's not going to lose his golf shape. He's still going to be fine, but kind of taking that week off has probably been really beneficial to his health. So I, I would expect him to tee it up this week. Well, yeah, ev- I, basically every outlet everywhere is, uh, has him, has him getting a hundred mil from, from live. And so I think that whether it's after the tour championship or after the president's cup, uh, it's going to be the last we see, of uh, Cam Smith, on, at least on the PGA Tour. Yeah, we'll say Vegas, as of right now, still thinks he's in because they've got him on the board at plus 2,200. So 22 to 1 to win the Tour Championship this week. So Vegas hasn't ruled him out just yet. So they usually get some of that news maybe a little quicker. Pretty good value have, for the number two the player in the world. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, But uh, we'll, we'll talk about the odds and make some picks a little bit later on in the podcast. But still on the board as a bettable player at the moment for sure. Now, I tell you a little what about what about the the hard luck guys at the, at the very bottom that are only going to cash 500,000. Let's talk about some of the guys that barely slid in. Hey, Tom, Tom just, Hoagie? 
Tom, <laughs> Tom Hoagie made the. I didn't even know he made it. Plus twenty eight thousand, just a slight, slight underdog at two hundred and eighty to one, along with JT Poston, uh, the sexiest golfer on the planet, KH Lee, and then your boy Sahith Thigala down there as well ah, at we twenty uh, plus twenty one thousand. So two ten to one, along with little Brian Harmon. Aaron Wise and Billy Ho. So some of the long shots there, you know, our traditional pick format, obviously 100 or one to greater for a dark horse or underdog there. So don't know if that necessarily applies this week, given the limited field uh, with only 30 golfers in the field, but the favorites, all the guys at the top that you would expect Scotty Scheffler at plus 250, Pat Cantlay at plus 430. Again, I've already alluded to it. That's my pick for this week, followed by Xander, Will, Rory, and Tony Finau. So at eight to one, 10 to one and 16 to one, respectively. So uh, John Rom, 16 to one, maybe kind of a sneaky, sneaky value pick there. So. Yeah. He kind of had a backdoor, nice finish uh, this past week. And he's kind of been for his standards, had a, had a not so good year. Yeah. Sahith is a great one to, to throw out there. Yeah, they can make it a lot you of know, Somebody who two or three times this year has had kind of hard luck kid story. Uh, it looked like he might've been the hard luck kid again. Uh, just missing out on the tour championship, but he gets it done. I thought his post round interviews and comments. Oh, about so making good. It is so cool. It's like, he was kind of like, like one of us, right? It's like, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm actually here. This is so awesome. Yeah. It was just like, I, I'm happy to be here. I just can't believe I'm here. I'm lucky to be out on the PGA tour. And it doesn't seem like that's a bunch of lip service. It seems like he actually thinks that, um, you know, the pressure pressure is a privilege uh, quote. I thought was a really good one. And so, yeah, he, he probably jumps off there in that last last five in, so to speak. Um, and, you know, I think, and correct me here, both of you guys, if I'm wrong, but I think getting in the Tour Championship automatically gets you into all the majors next year, I believe is right. So that's uh, a big deal for, again, everybody in that, that bottom five or so. Sith uh, has not played the Masters ever before, so that, Again, nothing's guaranteed with the Masters. They can do whatever they want. But traditionally, they invite uh, all of the top 30 from the previous year. What else goes along with besides the big bag, Cam? Is there anything else that goes along with the top 30 to your championship? I, I believe you're you're guaranteed it may be a, a two-year exemption. I, I don't want to be speaking out. Okay. Speaking there, out of there is the an exemption. Place. I don't know if it's two years or three years or whatever, but I think yeah, you're right. I think there I is mean, a certain period of time, yep. Forget winning the 18 million because obviously 18 million changes anybody's life, even a rich golfer. But the amount of stuff that comes for a lot of those guys, for a guy like Sahith or even an Aaron Wise, I mean, he's a PGA Tour winner, but this gives him so much more solidified ground and job security, which is, I mean, you have to earn it on the PGA Tour. That's one of been one of the big talking points between PGA Live, blah, blah, blah. These guys work their tails off for 12 months a year doing everything they can. So these top 30, it's life-changing. I guarantee you a, the guys who finished right outside of that, it stinks. It, it, it's it's hard for them to have to accept it. They're coming back to the PGA Tour next year, but getting in that top 30 is just such a life-changing opportunity from all the different things that could happen. Like you said, getting into the majors, PGA Tour security, the money. I mean, it's just a, it's a huge ordeal. Yeah, yeah. That, that basically makes it like winning a PGA Tour event. If it's, if it's a two-year exemption, that's what you get for winning an event. So it's that big of a deal to these guys. Uh, to get into the tour championship, pretty pretty Think awesome. About, thinking about the marketability of it as well, saying, "Hey, I, I made the tour championship. I'm one of the best 30 golfers, yeah. you know, on the yeah. planet." And and I, yeah, so I think for what the tour championship maybe lacks a little bit in pop when you actually get there, uh, the lead up to it is cool, and what it means to these guys is pretty neat to see. Um, I know, we, I know, we're dying to get to all the fun fodder from the uh, no laying up, uh, sourcing some information from this players only meeting, but I want to shout out Victor Hovland. Again, I like feel-good stories. Vic Hovland hole-in-one this week at the BMW. 
Uh, but it wasn't just any hole-in-one. This hole-in-one, BMW puts up a prize that if any player makes a hole-in-one, one of their scholars, uh, Evan Scholars, gets full for for you tuition and housing up to 125 grand from uh, Vic Hovland's hole in one. That's probably what it would cost these days. So college tuition is only going up. So so yeah, 125 grand, you break even on that probably. Yeah, it might but, not uh, take yeah. you very far, but yeah, uh, yeah, pretty really, cool. Really cool. I, when I, yeah, Vic, Vic didn't have a great weekend, right? I think that's probably fair to say. But sure. to, to stick around, hang around there, get an ace uh, on Sunday, pretty pretty cool stuff. Yeah. yeah. Awesome, uh, awesome story. Wanted to wanted to raise that up before we moved on to the the, Vic, mo- the, one, the money grab stories. <laughs> one of the guys in the top thirty still, so he'll be he'll be hanging around this weekend as well. So. Yeah, and he was one of great segue here. You're the segue guy, but I try to get in there when I can. Oh, I he was one of the twenty two guys I in a love, meeting. You this know, week. I'm a conspiracy theory tinfoil hat. I, I love all the vibes come along this right. So stories started to break what late Monday afternoon I think about this clandestine, although it became quite quite open and obvious though as to what was going on the big cat rolls in off the pj along with ricky fowler they're going to this special top secret meeting you know roughly the top 20 players in the world all kinds of stories coming out most of the guys somewhat tight-lipped about what went on but it seems as if the gist of it was hey making some changes getting together and getting the top 20 guys all playing again in the same events as we move forward but uh you know I'll start with you, Till. You know your thoughts on this. I mean, any anytime Big Cat rolls into town and is emceeing the event, right? So he's sitting at the head of the table, right? This is kind of a big deal, right? Yeah, he once again proves that he's the greatest golfer ever, but the worst dresser ever. I mean, that was that was rough. Uh, continues to be totally tone deaf when it comes to fashion, but that's either here or there. He is the cat. He is the goat. Um, anytime he's in the room, people listen. And uh, details were kind of mum the first couple days after the meeting, but things started to come out and then no laying up kind of officially broke the story that um, a proposal we put on Commissioner Monahan's desk this week um, for basically elevating, uh, I think it the number in there, Report was 15 events uh, where all the top players would be in attendance. And in addition to that, a way for players that are outside of that top 30 or so to gain entry through qualifying in other regular, quote unquote, PGA tournaments. And so it was a big deal just from the perspective of, you know, having these top tier events, having reduced fields, bigger purses and and things that, um, you know, really have been needed uh, to stave off, if you will, the the kind of the live onslaught. So that's kind of what we heard. Uh, again, I would point you the No Laying Up did a great job. They're not normally kind of uh, the news breaking folks out there. They're kind that's of fair, normally yeah. little little J journalists, and they kind of did a big J journo job on this one. Uh, Cam, fill in the details for us on this players only meeting. It seems. Like people are thinking it's a positive thing for the PGA Tour. Give us some uh, some color from your perspective. Well, I think one of the biggest things that came out of this was that all the players in attendance were unanimous in their support for these plans. I mean, and that's got to be a positive for the PGA Tour. I would assume that all the players in that meeting, or at least most of them, I mean, unless you have a couple of snakes in the grass, are probably pretty solid in their support. PGA Tour, I don't feel like. Tiger and Rory was kind of the other head honcho. Those two are have kind of been the leaders. I mean, they're the faces of the tour right now. Um, and, and Tiger kind of a Roy joke that Tiger's still the alpha in the room. There's no question about who that is, but um, you know, I think one of the big things is 
they talked about kind of maybe making a tournament structure that has just like the top players and super high purses. These events would feature no cuts, which where have I heard that before? Oh wait, <laughs> golf. Um, yeah. another, another thing was about the tour possibly changing from a nonprofit to a profit um, or to a for-profit company, which one of the big things is that would force the tour to pay taxes, but it was also give them a lot more freedom on how they operate. They could have investors, they could have equity firms pump money into the tour. They wouldn't just have to, to donate, all their money or donate a lot of their money. They'd be in the long run. It could be a lot more for profit. They could be bringing in a lot more money than they currently do. Um, and you know, the tour has already announced a bunch of changes to the season and purse sizes and everything. But like you say, when Tiger Woods gets on a plane and comes to do something, that's a really big thing. Um, and another one deal is that there's Tiger and Roy are the two big heads of this is that they're kind of spearheading a new venture that would have the world's top golfers competing against each other in like a non green grass stadium environment. Um, it would yeah. be held in partnership with the PJ tour. More specifics are supposed to be announced um, this week by commissioner Jay Monahan, uh, supposedly starting in 2024 um, could even have a, a live audience. So who knows what all this means? Who knows what, what exactly could come out uh, of this, but it sounds fascinating, you know, kind of taking the golfers out of their, out of the realm of just the competitive arena a little bit and taking them away from the golf course making these guys a little bit more personable, you know, you, like you say, I think that it's a really good idea. It's something that apparently everybody was behind again. So, and if Tiger and Roy are behind it, you got to think that it, it, there's got to be a little bit of a good idea behind that. So just, it's crazy when the news dropped that Tiger was going to be there and, and everything that's come out of that. But you know, that they're trying to make changes. They're trying to make stuff better for the top players. They're trying to make it um, more profitable and, it's going to be really interesting to see kind of how this all unfolds. Well, I, I had, I had two things here. One was kind of, kind of, a, I don't know, maybe some editorial comments, which are, this is something that the players ultimately, and these top players have kind of put together, apparently as far back as uh, July 3rd at the JP McManus pro-am over in Ireland before the British open, a lot of these guys got together, so this has kind of been in the works, but that the players are putting this in front of the tour, right? So unlike it seems like most problems that PGA Tour players have, they say, hey, we're mad about this, fix it. You know, this seems to be something that they have come up with, yes, Cam, unanimous in its um, kind of approval, so to speak. So that's kind of one comment. But the question I have is, you talked about they already announced some changes. I, I'm, I don't know if this kind of detonate, if, if, if the tour accepts this and decides to run with it, if it kind of detonates those changes and all of a sudden these kind of, this team thing in the fall events, if that goes away, that was kind of an unanswered question, I guess, in the No Laying Up report is, did the players not really like that and they're offering this alternative? I'm not sure. Yeah, not sure if those things are mutually exclusive or not, but you know, you know, Cam, you taught, touched on the thing that from a from a legal standpoint, and I'm the legal nerd on the podcast. I would I would say, um, changing the format from a 501c3 nonprofit to to a, a more just a general business entity, right? Whatever that uh, that may concern, but being able to take on additional investment uh, from from outsiders and being able to do things with that money, you know. I never knew that the PGA was a 501c3 until 
sometime this year when all this live stuff kind of came up and people started talking about, you know, the, the the handcuffs to a certain degree from a tax standpoint, from a money standpoint, from a legality standpoint as some of the things that they can and cannot do. And so I find that super interesting that they're kind of got their head on a swivel and that they're looking at different options now with regards to being able to bring in money. And so for me, you know, the, the, the amount of money that goes into the TV contracts, the sponsorships, it, it seems like a no-brainer to make that switch. Now, I'm sure they'll still do tons of charitable work, right? So it doesn't mean that they're not going to be, you know, working with charitable partners in all the, the cities and uh, uh, areas that they have events at. But, uh, you know, your your thoughts on that in particular, that that seems to be a huge change. Yeah, yeah I think that, uh, well, I, I, I love anytime I get to correct the legal mind here. It's a 501c6. Ah, just very slightly different than a C3, and it does just because it relates to leagues and chambers of commerce and stuff like that. It's li- basically the same thing. But um, I... Knights of Columbus, the Rotary Clubs. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always wonder what the hell is that? It's like stuff that, why are you getting a tax exemption? <laughs> but anyway, you know, don't mix, don't mix your politics with my podcast here, Keith. <laughs> um, I think that it would... Whatever is going to keep meaningful golf events played or people care about winning and there's some history history behind it if that means that they have to go the route of a for-profit that's what needs to happen if they need to change structurally to be able to do these things great and, and even if live continues to excel and thrive and and, and last even then like to keep up a, a really solid uh competitive um balance uh, against it that tour or any tour uh, if they have to do it by changing their designation Great. Uh, yeah, I think that is yet to be determined. Though I think that, that that was mentioned, but not something that like came out of that meeting that it, that's what it was going to take. Would, that would probably take yeah. additional meetings and a lot of different actions, yeah, by a lot of different uh, stakeholders, if I had to guess. Yeah, but I, I find that interesting. I think, sure. but I, you know, I, I'll give you the final word here. To me, it was just something positive coming out from the PGA Tour when for you know the better part of six months, we've heard nothing but who's what's the next domino to fall against the PGA Tour. Yeah, you know, they're, for as much as the PGA Tour has already changed, I can't even imagine the amount of behind-the-scenes conversations and the pieces that are moving behind closed doors right now to try to set themselves up for success and to make sure that a lot of these concerns that are can be addressed so they can make things better for the players that have chosen to stay and will choose to stay in the future. I have no doubt that we're just at the tip of the iceberg. I know everybody said that. I mean, there's going to be so much more that unfolds from all this, but... I don't think that we've even gotten close to kind of seeing how much change is actually going to happen for the tour, for its fans, for its sponsors, everything. I mean, that's, that's the big thing. So it's still so early on. No, absolutely. Now, now Cam, I've looked at some of the content and some of the stuff that you've talked about in the past and kind of tying into this, you know, what, what the players can do to make money and what goes into it in different avenues. You know, news story broke earlier, it may have been today, may have been yesterday now, may have been last week whenever Scott sent it to me, the uh, the first article. Uh, PGA 2K23. Ah, uh, here we the go. video game Here we out. go with the gamers. I'm, I'm a gamer, right? I, and really, I'm just a gamer for sports games, right? I'm a Madden, FIFA, golf, you know, the whole nine yards. You know, Tiger's going to be in there. Michael Jordan is going to be a playable character in this. I mean, I, mean, I, I, I cannot wait. Look, it's going to be in October before the game drops. But, uh, you know, Cam, are you a gamer? Are you going to buy this thing as soon as it comes out, man? I am. I have PGA 2K21. Same, I, same. One of the best things, honestly, one of the things that I do in my free time is a bunch of my college buddies. I mean, I have a group of like seven or eight friends and we live in 
eight different cities across the United States, like all from East coast, West coast, North, South, everywhere. And one of the things we do is we game with each other. That's even if we just sit in there and talk with each other, that's one of the things we do multiple times a week. Um, I'm one of the only golf fans in the group. I'm trying to get some others into golf and playing, but uh, no, I'm pumped for this. Um, and you know, I, I don't want to take attention away from 2k 23, but I'm also really excited. EA sports is coming out with a PGA tour game in the spring that will feature Augusta national. Oh, wow. that's huge. for a long time. It's the second golf video game ever to feature Augusta national. It's also going to have Southern Hills. It's going to have multiple major championship courses. It was supposed to come out this spring. Some stuff pushed it back a year or so, but PJ tours first or the two K's franchise's first PJ tour game was two K 21. Um, career mode was awesome. There's the create a course feature was awesome. They had more authentic courses than that than a lot of the previous video games had before, but you couldn't play as any of the pros. You can only play against them. There are a bunch of negatives that came out to that. Now you're going to be able to play as Tiger Woods. You're going to be able to play as Michael Jordan. You're also going to be able to play as some of the best PGA Tour stars and LPGA Tour stars, which is really cool. Um, there are going to be some more courses added into it, including Wilmington Country Club, which was the site of the BMW Championship, the Renaissance Club, where the Genesis Scottish Open was last month. So a bunch of and courses and players are going to be added into it as it goes on. But again, when Tiger Woods partners with you, you're doing something right. So having him back in the video game sphere is a really cool thing. Yeah, I, I can't wait. I, my only question is going to be, does the Michael Jordan character, does he have a cigar in his mouth? Because <laughs> if not, I'm, I'm going to be hugely disappointed. So maybe maybe that's downloadable content, right? So hey, the it, DLC it, is gamers. If, there's not ga- if, there's not, if he's not gambling, then I would not consider it authentic <laughs> in the game. Does he have he, a cigar in his mouth? And can you gamble in-game currency? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, shot, so. if, if there's not a bet made on every hole, then it is not authentic if MJ's in it. No doubt about well, it. Well, when, whenever it comes out, I'll download it. You can come over to the house and, and we'll play it till. So I We'll get you hooked, man. No, we'll get you no, I, do, I don't need one more thing to get hooked on. <laughs> I can promise you that. There's there's too much already. Uh, well, that, that's the guys that get paid to play golf, right? We've talked a lot about them. We alluded to it earlier. USAM took place this weekend. Um, you got dogs only uh, on the big board here. I love it. <laughs> Sam Bennett, the Texas A&M Aggie, uh, really a, a cool story there. Kind of the highest ranked amateur, I think, going into the field this weekend, if I wasn't mistaken. I think number three in the world. Yeah, you're right. Um, he went through a murderer's row as well once he got to match play. He didn't have an easy pathway to the final. The final goes all 36 holes, which we haven't seen that? that in a while, it feels like. And so uh, he overcomes uh, Ben Carr, which has a really cool story as well. We'll get to him. One up when it's all said and done. Again, they end up playing all 36. Uh, Bennett, we, we knew he was a great college golfer, Till. So obviously A&M in the SEC now, but you know we haven't get, don't, don't get to see him in the Big 12. But following college golf, we've seen him. We've heard a lot about him. Uh, can't say that I'm surprised. Uh, when it's all said and done, but it's still a huge accomplishment and a ton of things that have to go the right way for a guy to win the USAM through that grueling, grueling week. No, you're definitely right. And very rarely does the quote best player in the field win the USAM. There's times where the best player in the field doesn't even make it to the 64 event match. He play. barely got out of the first round of match play. Took him took him 19 holes uh, to, to get through the first round of match play. And you're right. It's a name we've talked about a lot because it feels like every week uh, when there or every time that there is a new PGA Tour U ranking, a lot of OU guys, a lot of OSU guys um, kind of proliferating that ranking. We would see Sam Bennett at the top. Yet, because of the relative lack of televised coverage and maybe just coverage in general of college golf. Yeah. I, I was for seeing a guy's name so much. I was very unfamiliar with him. I couldn't probably have picked him out of a lineup 
And boy, oh boy, did he have a lot going on. I mean, um, you mentioned dogs only, that what we had on the big board. He did not shy away from saying that he was the best player in the field. I quote, I'm the dog in this race, which, end quote, amazing. I mean, he had the club twirls going. Now, he had him going so much that I'm like, wow, is that what I look like when I do a club twirl? Because that looks really douchey. You, you don't look that good, no. I don't even look that good? Because no, he didn't look that good. that good. Oh, that's not good. He had the facial hair going, which I yeah, thought was... Yeah, a little flavor saver going on there. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was going to be Jake Holbrook that had the Fred Durst kind of goatee, kind of spur him on to victory. ends up being Sam Bennett. Um, a lot going on. A little bit of a slow player, which, you know, I can't get behind that. The waggles before the swing were Sergio-esque in the mid-2000s, right? When everybody was giving him the heckles and stuff. It's like, yeah. dude, dude, hit the ball, man. So your, your grip's fine. But you so. said it. Murder's Row. He went through the 13 seed, the 27 seed, the 10 seed, the 9 seed, and the 8 seed in his run-up to uh, to taking home the Havemeyer Trophy. And uh, he was he was a blast to watch and um, had, the, had the swagger. Uh, to back it up, Cam. I know you were you were dialed into it uh, for work reasons. What what were your thoughts on Sam Bennett? Um, are are you in or are you out? That's that's the question. Still waiting for him to hit a shot because <laughs> it's taking forever. That is, you know, kudos to him for calling a shot and backing it up. I mean, he hit some really big time shots late in his semifinal on Saturday, and then again Sunday. He had the lead. I don't think he was trying to cruise at home, but I just think it's hard to win the U.S. Amateur. I mean, it is the hardest amateur tournament in the world to win. I mean, it is a stressful seven days. It's a lot of golf shots. And he was playing well down the stretch, maybe not as good as he had earlier. I mean, he only trailed two holes entirely of match play. Which I mean, is crazy. Just, uh, that's insane. It was dominant play, but... Two holes, uh, by the way, guys, just make two holes the entire rounds of match play, not just in the final, like... The whole way, the whole week, two holes. Crazy. Yeah, he didn't trail in a semifinal or in the final. I mean, just outstanding golf. Um, people, Obviously, I, I play a little bit quicker myself, so sitting there even on TV and just watch him waggle and sit there over the ball for 25 to 30 seconds before he hits drives me nuts. But, again, it works for him. And just how, like you say, coming in as a top-ranked player, it's hard to win. It's hard to win anything. But being able to go out and back that up, especially when he started talking as, as the rounds went on, and, and just his backstory, you know, of his of his dad passing away and the tattoo he got of his dad's last words, um, and even Ben Carr's dad passing away too. Very unique situation, some really, I don't want to say cool storylines, but just really meaningful storylines on each side. Um, and, you know, just for both of them, they both are going to get into the 2023 U.S. Open now at the Los Angeles Country Club. As long as they both stay amateurs, they're pro they're probably going to get invites from the Masters. I mean, life changing stuff. What happened yesterday? But for Sam Bennett, just he he was the best player all week, and it ended up showing when he was holding up the trophy. Yeah, yeah it's no kind of kind of wild because Sam Bennett probably good enough to get out on the Corn Ferry Tour, maybe even the PGA Tour right now with some of that game and, and start making some money. But all these things on the horizon, as you mentioned, their U.S. Open Masters, I think he even gets into the British Open, if I'm not mistaken, yep, as well. Yep, so long yep. as he stays as an amateur, it's like, eh, i got to hang out on mom's couch for just a little bit longer before I turn pro, right, when it's all said and done. Got to keep that amateur status. But, you know, you alluded to the, the cool backstories between uh, Sam Bennett and Ben Carr, both, both losing their fathers relatively recently. I think Ben Carr had kind of a special uh, ball marker. Oh, that was 
that he thought he lost the ball marker at one point, which, you know, you know, I've got my Manchester United ball marker. I thought I lost it at Bandon Dunes. You remember that story too? Oh, yeah. I was I was heartbroken and then I found it at the bottom of the bag and uh, all was right with the world again. But those cool had a cool moment, kind of a, a warm embrace. And uh, Ben Carr said nice things about Sam Ben said, hey, couldn't couldn't have lost to a better guy. Gave it everything that I had and uh, he was just a better, better player on the day. But seemed like there was a lot of mutual respect, you know, if not for the golf games themselves, but perhaps what each of the, each of those guys have had to go through in that in those terms. So, yeah, yeah pretty pretty cool story. You're right, Cam. It's kind of like um, it's kind of meaningful stuff, and, it, and it's stuff that those kind of stories that can be unpacked a little bit more in a USAM. And and uh, while they're not a sponsor, I do have to shout out Rolex for providing uninterrupted coverage. When you have uninterrupted coverage and have a commercial every you know five minutes, you can tell some of those stories, right? And you needed it down the stretch too. The last four or five holes, it got a little tight there, guys hitting it over be and stuff so it, did it, get made, a little it got tight. interesting um and yeah the, the ben car story really cool with the ball marker um that he looked for it before the round couldn't find it said he checked everywhere said he you know checked his pockets checked his bag checked everywhere he could think of and was you know kind of a little bit shook that he couldn't find it and then cam i don't remember if you or i don't know if you remember what hole it was like one hole like very late in the match that he looks down and kind of sees the outline of it in his pocket that he swears that he checked and was able to like mark his ball with the last couple of holes. So pretty, it was on the 16th hole. It was 16th. Right before, okay. It was right before it was the hole he wanted on. So very, very cool really story. Good. And that, that's it's the kind really of stuff cool. that's fun that you get to hear about a little more with the amateur game. Uh, but yeah, kudos to Sam Bennett. It will be fun now to watch him um, in his super senior year because he is coming back to Texas A&M to see what he can do. In college golf, you know, the Aggies didn't have that strong of a squad outside of him, so maybe they get a guy or two around him and can make a run in the NCAAs, and we'll get to see a little bit more of him. But, um, yeah, I was I was, I was, was digging his chili early on, and then the more and more that I saw him with the waggles and the, you know, the mega club twirls, I don't know. I, I kind of faded a little bit. Yeah, he's still young. He'll he'll mature. He'll he'll, he'll grow out of that stuff. But uh, you know the other guys that were involved, some other familiar names in the final four for sure: Dylan Minanti and uh, Derek Hitchner. Yep. Uh, Minotti, both both formerly Pepperdine, so Minanti I think just transferred across the country to North Carolina. But right. that Pepperdine squad, we've talked about them on the podcast for the last couple of years. How loaded they are! You know, he ended up with you know two in the final four when it's all said and done. And then uh, got to talk about your man crush till. Stewie Hagestad, keeping the dream alive, makes it all the way to the quarterfinals, gets beat by the eventual winner, Sam Bennett, so no shame in that. Uh, loses three and two in the quarters there, but uh, I know you want to talk about Stewie Hags. Stewie Hags played great this week, uh, gets into this event by being the mid-amateur champion. The, it's the 19th year he's played in it, so he ought to have he, uh, some For those who haven't heard me gush about Stewart, lifelong amateur, uh, played golf, his college golf, I believe at USC, uh, had a great career, but decides not to go pro, decides to go pro in something else, as they say on the NCAA commercials. And, uh, you know, technically Some probably does still gets paid to play golf because I'm sure he has a very flexible work schedule. So it's not like he's grinding 60 hours a week at, you know, the, the law firm. It's business development, man. That's what it is, dude. But, uh, yeah, gets it, gets it done again with a nice run. And uh, he'll be teeing it up in the mid-am with a chance to earn his way back into the U.S. Amateur again next year. I think the mid-end's at uh, Aaron Hills here in a couple months. I don't know when that's scheduled for, but was proud. was proud of him. Uh, he has changed to the long putter over the last year, which, you know, not a fan, 
But, uh, you know, we all get older. It's getting old, man. So, yeah, it's pretty easier on the back. But uh, Is we, he even 30 yet? <laughs> uh, Stu, yeah, I think he's north of 30 yet. <laughs> but, uh, we, uh, we, we talked with Coach Hibble, right, uh, on Friday and uh, mentioned Jake Holbrook. Uh, talked about some local guys that made it into oh, match yeah. play. Uh, he ends up getting beat by Ben Carr, the other finalist, when it's all said and done. So, again, no shame in losing out there. And then from Oklahoma State, uh, you had uh, Hazen Newman and Rasmus near guard Peterson, right, making it yep. into match play as well. And again, both those guys, relatively early exits. But to make it to the, the final 64, that's kind of a big deal. It's a big deal and uh, fun to be able to see some local OU and OSU golfers um, get into just the USAM in general, let alone match play. So shout out to those guys. Uh, USAM is one of the best events of it the is. year. You said it, Cam, it's one of the hardest ones to win. We learn about guys that we've never heard of before, just like we did, honestly, the week before in the U.S. Women's Am. I mean, who, who has ever heard of Saki Baba before that Great name, dominant Great name. run? And so, um, yeah, it's kind of refreshing, right, where we're just out there playing for the trophy, even though, you know, plenty of these folks get paid in some other way. Um, they're, they're probably not hurting too bad financially, but um, love the U.S. Am. It's a, it's a fun one to watch. Uh, what, uh, where are we going next? Corn Ferry? Let's go Corn Ferry. So talk about some other guys that maybe most of our listeners haven't heard of, right? But we're in the midst of kind of the Corn Ferry playoffs as well, right? If we want to kind of couch at that, right? So the top 25 make the bump up and then the top 75 outside of those 25 kind of battle it out for an additional 25 spots to get promoted as well. Uh, in the midst of that, had some local guys in the field up in Boise, Idaho, Quade Cummins, Chris Goderup to name a couple from uh, from OU as well. But uh, I think you want to talk about the finish. Yeah, right? tough, finish. tough finish. Tough uh, finish. Philly Knowles um, kind of made a run somewhat out of nowhere himself to Getting contention, had the lead going into Sunday. A rough three-putt on the last hole, um, I believe, ended up dropping him back into a three-way playoff with Will Gordon. Don't talk about I'm surprised you can get it in earlier. You knew I was going to play it. Will Gordon, MJ DeFue, and Philip Knowles in that three-man playoff. Will Gordon gets it done. So you hate to see a three-putt on the last hole cost the guy. A win, uh, but Will Gordon, somebody who's been flashing for a long time, massive, massive amateur player at uh, Vandy, I believe it was, and he gets his big break. He will definitely have a PGA Tour card next year. You mentioned Goddard. I think he was the best of our local finish. I and I is he Cam? Is he in the Corn Ferry Finals because he was in the one twenty five to two hundred? On the PGA Tour, he, he earned an, give it. I forget how he was even able to come and be a part of this. So since he had some of his sponsors' exemption starts and, and everything that he earned, he got enough because of how well he played on his few starts that he got on the PGA Tour. He earned enough non-member points to earn his way into the Corn Ferry Tour Finals. And so he still has to go through that to earn his card full-time, which he has a great chance of doing. Um, but that's how he was able to get into it in the first place instead of having to kind of grind his way all the way through Q school and, and even into the even into the Corn Ferry Tour. So, so he's got, like I said, a couple weeks left to kind of capitalize on it and have a good opportunity. So on the PGA Tour, if you're out there playing events and you're playing well enough, you're accumulating kind of side points that there's an equivalent to. And if you earn enough, you, you get to go to Corn Ferry Finals, which again, as Keith said, kind of the... The 75 from the Corn Ferry Tour, the 75 low guys from the PGA Tour all get jammed together. That's, that's that my understanding of that? Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah, and Goderup uh, tied for 18th at 16 under, which was only five behind the lead when it was all said and done. So kind of a bunched-up leaderboard out in Boise this week. Uh, our man Big Q 
Had a great day on Thursday. <laughs> Not a good day on Friday. He ends up missing the cut when it's all said and done. But he's still in the top 70 right now. Hate so he just needs to bounce back, have a better week uh, this week. Uh, and uh, he still has an opportunity to maybe make that top 25 when it's all said and done. So Got to have a good week this week. No yep. doubt about it. Uh, President's Cup, Till. So that kind of got finalized yeah. with some of the automatic qualifiers, right? So, again, we love these competitions. Maybe President's Cup, maybe not quite as highly regarded as the Ryder Cup. I think it's probably fair to say, right? So Very fair to say. Uh, but still a being, fun You're being event. very kind. Yeah, still a fun event, right? So U.S. versus the world, if you will, kind of the international team. But uh, we had the automatic qualifiers get announced this week. Now, a little bit of a difference between international and U.S., right? U.S. has six automatic qualifiers. The international team has eight. Uh, so they'll fill out those squads with captain selections here in the next couple of weeks. But uh, want to recap the teams here, Jay Till? Yeah, international squad locked in as of right now. And by as of right now, you'll see a, hear a couple names on this list that may not be around uh, come President's Cup time. But uh, Hideki, Cam Smith, Sung Jay, Joaquin Neiman, uh, newly minted um, PGA Tour professional Tom Kim, rockets into that top eight on the Love international that guy. squad. Love that guy. Corey Connors, uh, Canadian's Canada's favorite son, played well this week. Mito Pereira and Adam Scott, the uh, the eight auto quarterfinals quarterfinals on the international squad. U.S. household names pretty much all the way around. Pat Cantlay, JT. Xander, Tony Finau, Scotty Scheffler, and Sam Burns making good. Probably someone who's been a beneficiary of a couple of lived defections. Got him into that top eight, but he's had an amazing year, and he would have made it as a captain's pick either way. So, yeah, we'll see uh, here in about, a, well, I guess, about two weeks before they um, captains, what, Davis Love and Trevor Immelman? Trevor Immelman, that's right. Yeah, make their DL3. picks for... Uh, Highly anticipated Quail Hollow. Yeah, I'm about to say it's going to take place in North Carolina at Quail Hollow at the end of September. So yeah, we'll, we'll be we'll be watching that, right? So we love team golf. Oh yeah, we'll different watch formats. It. You know, best ball, all that fun stuff. Dude, so I, fun. I watched part of the Rocket Mortgage Classic. You think I'm not going to watch the PGA Tour? I mean, <laughs> I, I may do it out of spite because I have to talk about it on the podcast, but I'm going to watch it for sure. Uh, well, I mean, let's go fairway files and talk about some interesting formats and some fun stuff here. So um, you know, no one, no one, no one toots their own horn. You know, better better than you, Jay Till. So I'm gonna I'm gonna yield the floor to here. You and our man Scooter Gers <laughs> headed down. First of all, you get to play Dorna Kills, right? So headed down to Ardmore, kind of a cool uh, no laying up uh, situation or the refuge, right? So is yep. that I'm getting that right? Oklahoma versus Texas format, but uh, individually there was some stuff to play for as well. Uh, there was, and you're right. I do love to toot my own horn, but you know the only thing better than tooting your own horn is having somebody else toot your horn. So I, I got uh, a soundbite here from our man Schmitty off the refuge. Reagan Smith played in the event as well. I asked him, just give me a one-minute recap of the whole weekend, and here's what he's sending. Overall, I think it was another great year at the R4. Team Oklahoma straight up kicked Team Texas ass by 13 shots to retain the cup. And of course, it was fun to watch my man JT take home the individual title after a hard-fought playoff with Scooter on holes 10 and 11. Huge shout-out to Scooter for probably being our MVP of the day after his partner pulled out of the event after 12 holes. I you know, really appreciate you stepping up and being a huge part of us bringing home the cup again. As always, it was a uh, pleasure to be out at Dornick Hills for the day. I think Tom Doak and his team did a great job with all the tree removal and bringing back some of the original holes. Uh, so many, you know, look visually different and stand out. You know, one 
11, 12, uh, 17. Those were some of the ones that really stood out to me. Uh, you know, really, truly can't wait to run it back next year and continue the dominance uh, Oklahoma's having over Texas right now. There you, there you have it, guys. Uh, Scooter's partner withdraws. <laughs> what, what's the story behind that, right? So I, I know a little bit about this, right? We talked about it off air, but uh, he was pulling double duty for the last six or seven holes. Uh, he was. As um, as these no laying up refuge meetups tend to go, and you know, let's just be honest, a lot of buddies trips and whatnot. Uh, some guys got kind of into it the night before. Some and, adult um, beverages were consumed. Scooter's partner, who will go unnamed to protect the innocent, <laughs> uh, got a little bit sick on the apparently apparently much before the twelfth hole. Gutted it out to twelve before he pieced out. And um, on the spot, the guys had to decide what to do. Scooter ends up playing two balls the rest of the way in, one for himself, one for his partner. And so uh, Scott was a little gassed there in the in the playoff. He did not expect, uh, neither one of us really expected to to be in that uh, that situation. So so kudos to Scott for being the as Reagan called him the so MVP. Scooter carries double duty. He makes it to a playoff, and you take advantage of an exhausted man that got, that got you guys the team victory when it was all said and done, and you take advantage of him in a playoff. That's I what mean, I heard. You, just like college football, you can only play the schedule that's laid out in front of you. You know, I mean, I... Uh, I'm sure you still slept well at night. I slept great. I slept great. Celebrations were had all the way around. I had a, you know, Brahms milkshake afterwards. Uh, just, it was great. Yes. Happy to happy uh, to bring home the trophy. And for those of you who don't know Jonathan Till, a Brahms milkshake that that is that's that's about as big of a treat as he can give himself. So he absolutely loves it. Yeah, it was a great event. Well, congrats, uh, the Supercell, yeah, that's awesome. uh, our club. By the, both you guys played well. We did play well, and uh, most got importantly, it, we whipped Texas's ass. We did uh, take them to the woodshed pretty good. I will say that the, even within that, there was a two-man game going on, and a couple of fine Texas lads, uh, JSD fifteen and J Scoby eighty-eight, took that home. So all was not lost for Texas. But got to shout out our man Olive Loaf. He organized the event. Uh, R.D. Vern, the gracious member there at uh, Dornick that takes care of us and hosted us for the weekend. Famous slash infamous. Yeah, yeah, infamous <laughs> is, is, is no doubt about it. Our man, Mr. Vern. Uh, Cam, have you gotten to be down to Dornick yet since the reno? I actually got to play there three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Nice. Um, got to go down there and play, and it's, oh, man, it's fantastic. It is an awesome, awesome layout. I, I love it. Um, I've heard so much stuff about it and heard about just all the stuff since the renovation, but now actually getting to go and see it and experience it myself. It's just such a, such a great track. It was awesome. Totally agree. Totally agree. Reagan yeah. spoke to it. Plenty of great changes that uh, if you've played there before, you will be impressed. Yeah, Schmitty, a hell of a golfer himself. So I'm sure he probably carried his, his weight uh, in that event. If I had to guess now toot my own horn a little bit, Twin Hills club championship took place this weekend. I did not participate till, so I had a little bit of work to do on Saturday and then it was a, a old man's birthday. So pop's birthday, happy 63rd birthday. Hey, so, happy uh, birthday yeah, to Papa yeah, Needham. Celebrated uh, uh, pop's birthday there, but uh, I will toot my own horn and say that I'm going to get the opportunity to play the luxurious, the famous, 
the incredible Southern Hills again on Wednesday morning with our man DK. Let's so, go, baby. So hopefully weather cooperates. It's going to be nice Wednesday morning, but uh, I'm going to try to convince DK to play from the tips, right? Like we're going to get that PGA experience, you know, get some of those weird tee boxes down in the corners where they had to move stuff around. I don't know if they'll let us do that or not, but we're going to try to get the full on experience. See if we can keep it under a hundred. Congrats on your 120. <laughs> um, try to keep it under <laughs> a venue uh, slightly less vaunted than Southern Hills uh, Greens Club Championship coming up this weekend. So Scooter coming off that great he's 79. Well. He's, he is, well. he's trending. Uh, so he should make a showing uh, this weekend up at the Greens in their club championship. So a lot of a lot of fairway falls. Cam, tell us, you know, we've had you on before and you got to participate in our short par four segment, but uh, we'll do an abbreviated version. What was your last round of golf? Um, I actually, I played twice last week. I played at Shangri-La on Thursday and then played at, um, Winter Creek and Blanchard on Friday. Nice. Hey, did you play the, uh, as the, is, is the part three course they're doing at Shangri-La already open or is that still in progress? That's it's still in progress, but I saw it driving in and I was wondering what it was. And I was like, that looks like a part three course. And so now that I know it is one, uh, it's still in progress. It's coming together really well. Uh, but still got a little bit of time before it's done. Big time. Got to get up there whenever that opens, no doubt about it. And then the final item on the fairway file segment, now that we've got these these other, you know, the majors are out of the way, the FedEx Cup playoffs, you know, rah-rah is out of the way. The countdown is coming. The countdown begins for the Congregation 2022. We're a mere six weeks away, my friend. Really people excited. are excited. I am really people excited. People are excited. 17th playing of the congregation. Uh, going to be up at Boiling Springs again this year. Match play fest. It's going to be great. It's going to be tough to top last year. It will. Uh, but, man, uh, if anybody can do it, it's going to be Jeff Wagner and his team. So, just need the weather to cooperate, but uh, really looking forward to that. Should be, uh, should be another great one. Full field, 32 golfers. Biggest one ever. I'm probably going to have some sort of... Nervous breakdown. We'll bring to some spreadsheets and stuff. Hurt all fun. the cats and, and whatnot. But man, we uh, we didn't let the hot weather keep us from fairway files. But we're about to get into mega nice golf weather season. So uh, rounds will be cranking up. Sounds like uh, we're gonna have to get out there with our man Jordo here. He's playing all this golf in his new job. Didn't have to grind so much. You know. Sounds like your kind of job. Man. Yeah, that's, so, a, that's <laughs> like my kind of job. <laughs> Love it. Uh, what we get, again, we alluded to it, talked about it. Tour Championship coming up this weekend. Obviously, the uh, the famous venue that is East Lake Golf Club there down there in Hotlanta. Par 70, uh, tipping out at just under 73.50 on the yardage. Defending champ, obviously, Pat Cantlay. We talked about that earlier. We'll make some picks. Till we want to get into it. And again, kind of a weird format kind this week, weird right? One. Only 30 golfers in the field. I, I suggest we pick a winner, which I've already done that. I'm going defending champ Pant Catley. Okay. Okay. And then maybe a dark horse. Maybe a guy that's a little further down the list that can, can maybe compete I, be in contention. We, well, we can go winner. We can go dark horse. And then I'm going to give you a few couple minutes while I'm making my picks to let you think about this. But we need to pick who's going to be the gross winner. So who's actually going to shoot the okay, best without score? the staggered score? I right. got you. I got you. All right. So you're on record as Pat Cantlay. I'll go ahead and give you my winner of the actual FedEx Cup. Now, um, I think I'm going to take Xander. I know he's a, a few strokes back. Uh, probably foolish to not pick Scotty Scheffler with a with a with a cushion who seems to be in top form. It's kind of funny. He's you know top five now for Scotty Scheffler. It's kind of a just a so so week. But I'm going to go Xander to win 
Um, you know, he and maybe he and Pat Cantlay and get the paired together again, man. They'll they'll probably play really well. So, they... so uh, now Dark Horse is a little bit interesting for this, right? Because do we even have anybody in the event at a hundred or one? Oh, to absolutely. Greater? Yeah, there's a bunch of guys way down the oh, bottom wow. that are you know plus two eighty and uh, in in you know in that ballpark. So you definitely have guys that qualify on the back half. Um, let me give that some thought. Cam, do you have a? Are you even, are you allowed these days to pick winners in your? Do you have to have journalistic integrity? How does all this work? I mean, I can still pick a winner. Let's do it. All right. Um, who you got that's going to win the net the net championship? <laughs> so I think just the net championship, I mean, I'm going to go with Scotty Scheffler. He hasn't, he hasn't been playing as well recently. Uh, still has some top finishes, obviously, in the past couple of months, but not as well as he maybe was at the beginning of the year. Um, but starting at 10 under is just, I mean, that's it's such a huge cushion. Um, since the format has changed, two of the three people with the starting strokes have ended up winning it, Dustin Johnson and Patrick Cantlay. Uh, I think Scotty's going to continue that trend this year. Good yep, to know. Yep. Huge advantage, huge advantage. So, Well, let's go Dark Horse. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, you, you almost have to go right on the number, and there's only two guys on that number. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Max. I'm going to say Max Homa, uh, right at plus 10,000, 100 to 1. He's, uh, I'd forgotten he hadn't made a tour championship yet. I think he's become such a household name. You just kind of think of him in that, not upper echelon, but certainly in the top 30, but this is his first tour championship. He should be excited to be there. I would anticipate him playing well. So give me, give me Max. I'll, I'll give you a little bit more value, but not much more. Adam Scott at plus 12,120 oh, uh, to one. And he's, he's been playing great, right? So he, he seemed like he was right on the verge of, 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 of winning the whole thing this week and just couldn't get over the hump. I uh, had a great round on Friday, kind of put him in position, but then just couldn't couldn't get over the hump and uh, catch Cantlay and the uh, the rest of the crew there. I think he ended up finishing 10 under when it was all said and done. But he's playing well right now, and so whenever you have to take those long odds and a guy that might get himself in contention by Sunday, I'll go Adam Scott at plus 12,000. Anybody way down there at the bottom of the list that you see, Cam, that kind of, uh, you, you, you know, odds-wise, value-wise, you might throw a shekel on here or there? The the biggest name that kind of stands out of those guys that are way off the lead is Colin Morikawa. You know, he one of the big things he did throughout the middle of the summer was he tried to switch to a draw. He's a natural fader of the ball. He won two major championships trying to fade the ball. Well, he tried to switch to a draw and it didn't really work. He switched back to his fade. You know, he had a he was in contention the first three days at, at the BMW Championship and then a eight over seventy nine on Sunday kind of came out of nowhere. Couldn't make a putt. Um, that, Sunday. I think I think he made a ten on he one hole, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One hole he killed made a him 10 on, on one of the par fives, which that's that's never a good thing when you're doing that. Um, so I really like Colin. I think he's been playing better. Um, I, I I don't think just one bad round takes anything away from the better golf he's been playing the last couple of weeks. Tied for fifth at, in Memphis at the FedEx St Jude Championship. Uh, would have had a better finish last week if not for a couple of bad holes on Sunday. I think he's a guy who, again, nine strokes behind the start. But he he's a guy who could have a really good week and move up the board. Yeah, fifty to one odds on Colin there, and as you mentioned, yeah, you can't. He he's been playing much better golf. It was really just two ugly holes that kind of skewed the whole thing when it was all said and done. So yeah, good pick there. I like that. So you want to go gross score? Gross. Who until, actually so. shoots the best score? Take take this the week. take the staggered leads out. The staggered or staggered scoring out. Who's going to shoot the the best score? So I guess I almost have to. We go, don't have odds on this. I guess so yeah, there are no odds. Yeah. It's just kind of a shot in the dark. I guess I almost have to go Xander because I th- if I think he's going to win the whole thing well, and did, come yeah. back from what is it three strokes back? Yeah, I think it'll be three back. Yeah. Um, 
I almost have to say he's going to be the gross best player because otherwise there's no way to, to make that many strokes up. So, so give me Xander for the gross winner as well. The math checks out there. Um, I'm going to go with a guy that I've been riding for. Uh, he was my pick to win this past week, and then, again, just couldn't really get over the hump. But uh, give me Sam Burns. I think he's going to be far enough back that he knows he's going to have to go out gonna and make a lot of birdies. He's going to go for it, and uh, and he's another guy that can make a lot of birdies in bunches. Uh, between it's it's really between Sam Burns and Cam Young for me. Those are the two guys uh, that I kind of had in that ballpark. But I'll go Sam Burns. Like it. Like what about it what about you, Cam? So gross winner. So we'll throw the throw the score starting scores out. Who's going to be the gross winner this week? So the the reason this name stands out is because they've had a great year, only one win, which is kind of shocking, and it's one of the big dogs, John Rahm. He actually had tied for the lowest gross score last year at this at the Tour Championship, but was too far behind and couldn't catch up to uh, couldn't catch up to Patrick Cantlay in the points. So uh, just because of the staggered start, so I, I like John Rahm again. Uh, he's he's way down there at three under, so starting seven off. I don't necessarily think he's going to be. Uh, in the mix to win this unless everybody comes back to him. But he plays well at the biggest events. He's been playing well, and he knows how to play good at this golf course. So I think that he has a great chance to go low again. Yep. Like that pick. Love that pick for sure. So great stat there. Yeah, the tied for the gross score last week. So Cam, Cam bringing the heat, man. So good stuff right there. So digging deep on the stats for sure. Well, well, Cam, again, we told you an hour, man. We're actually a little over an hour. You've been gracious with your time, bud. So, But uh, for our listeners out there, how, how can we get at you, man? Social media, again, uh, uh, following you on Golf Week. So how, how can we get out there, throw, throw all the tags out there, bud? Yeah, as always, all my stories will be posted at golfweek.usatoday.com. Um, not only my stories, but all of our stories. And we have people covering the PGA, LPGA, Live, Corn Ferry, Champions. I mean, anything golf, we cover it. Um, and then I, there's also an author section that if you're interested in reading my stuff, you can find that there. Then you can also follow me on Twitter. Um, it's at Cam underscore, and then my last name is spelled J-O-U-R-D-A-N. So uh, I'm always posting all of my stories there, always trying to tweet on events I'm covering with pictures, photos, just stats, miscellaneous things that I think – uh, golf fans will find interesting. So, uh, but yeah, that's the best way to follow me and keep up with my work. Yep, absolutely. A great follow even before you went to Golf Week, right? With the high school sports and everything else. So yeah, good stuff there. Always a, uh, does a good job of kind of getting the stories and posting some good photos and some good stories out there. So good stuff there. But uh, Till, what about you, bud? Well, so basically, if you start following Cam Jordan, you don't need to follow me because I just copy all of Cam <laughs> stuff. retweets? Yeah, I just... <laughs> so. <laughs> But if you want to read the same thing twice, you go to at YSO Golf on Twitter. Uh, quite active during PGA Tour playoffs season. Got some good shots of Dornick Hills out on YSO's Instagram page at YSO Golf there. Uh, got a shout out, friend of the pod, Charlie Ronan, kind of an amateur photog, took a bunch of great pictures, took the heavy lift off of me, just sent me the Google file, let me upload. So I got to give Chuck a shout out there. Um, but yeah, at YSO Golf on both Twitter and Instagram. Love it. Love it. And of course, for us here at the Sports Pros Network, you can follow us on the web at fantasysportspros.com or you can follow us on Twitter at sports underscore pros. And remember, that is pros with an E, P-R-O-S-E. Cam, again, can't thank you enough for joining us tonight, bud. We've really enjoyed it, man. And again, look forward to following you out there at Golf Week and uh, all the exciting stuff you're going to get to cover and all the cool places you're going to get to go. Yeah, I appreciate it as always, guys. I mean, we'll have to do this again sometime soon. I appreciate the conversation and uh, look forward to maybe even seeing you guys for playing around sometime soon. Let's do it. We'll make that happen for sure. So, uh, well, signing off here for myself, for Cam Jordan and Jonathan Till, 
Weather's going to be nice this week, ladies and gentlemen, here in Oklahoma. Get out there and play some golf. And as always, get out there and enjoy the walk. (laughs) 